following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. 1 Peter 1, beginning in verse 13 tonight. Bible says here, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be, and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father uh, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit of unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Again, we're talking about uh, Peter's exhortation to uh, good Christian living. Peter's exhortation to good Christian living. Let's pray. And Father, Lord, as we continue with our study in this book, in this chapter, and concerning this subject, I pray, Father, that you would help us to learn these things that we, we need to learn, Father, to be reminded maybe of some things we have forgotten, to be challenged or ex- face the exhortation uh, that you're giving us from the Scripture concerning good Christian living. And, Father, we live in a sin-cursed world, a world that is not friendly to that kind of living. So, Lord, help us, Father, to learn these things, and God, give us the grace to do them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, Peter's exhortation to good Christian living. A little review quickly. We find here Peter is writing what is called the first epistle general of Peter, or the first of his general epistles. He's not writing to specific churches as Paul often would, but is writing to Christians in general. As a matter of fact, verse 1 of 1 Peter 1 gives us who he's writing to specifically but that it applies to all of us generally. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered through Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, etc. So we find that he's writing to them, and as well the scripture is written to us. This is in consideration, all of this is in consideration of uh, their glorious future as Christians. Verses 3 through 5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith and a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We, we know that uh, we have that to look forward to, and there's a glorious, their glorious future in light of their acceptance of the glorious gospel, verses 10 through 12. Here the Bible says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, 
when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. So we know there's a glorious future that comes because of the glorious gospel of Christ. But in the, in the meantime, we are all, as even these that Peter was writing to, facing manifold temptations, as we find in verses 6 through 9 here. Uh, Peter writes, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness uh, through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Is that a coffee break? <laughs> Whom having not seen ye love, Though uh, now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and uh, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. So all this going on, these Christians facing uh, manifold temptations, trials, difficulties, you know, it, it doesn't, it, even when we're going through things like this, and sometimes you may, you may be in your own personal life going through uh, temptations, trials, difficulties, and at times like that, we think, well, you know, how can I keep doing the right thing? Sometimes people use it as an excuse not to do the right thing. But folks, in the middle, sometimes in the midst of the great trial and difficulty is the greatest time that we need to stay by the stuff and, if you will, keep on living for God, doing the right thing as Peter is exhorting them from verses 13 through 23. Now, we have talked already about his exhortation. He exhorts them to service and sobriety, verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We talked also about, he exhorts them to a continual hope of the grace unto the end. This hope is uh, the, uh, hope to the end for the grace of God is a divine favor and help of God, which gives spring to a continual hope in God. And then, uh, we talked last time, he exhorts them to be obedient children, as verses 14 uh, through 16, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. This is in contrast to uh, what, uh, what we were in times past in, in, in Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 3, Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 3. Here uh, Peter, uh, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus says this, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. God doesn't want us to be disobedient any longer. He saved us to be obedient, amen, as among whom also we all had our conversation or manner of life in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. God wants us to be different. He wants us to be holy. He wants us to be obedient children. Ephesians 5 and 1. Ephesians 5 and verse 1. Here again, Paul writing, says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering 
and a sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not uh, be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this we know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of, God, of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But uh, be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them, and seeking we're to, to be children of light and walk as children of light, being obedient children unto the Lord. And then tonight, if you look back to our text in 1 Peter 1 and verse 17, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 and <clears throat> verse 17, move on to the, the uh, fourth thing. He exhorts them to pass the time of their sojourning here in fear. Now, he says in verse 17, if you call on the Father of, of uh, on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your, so, your sojourning here in fear. He, he's speaking of uh, two Christians as those who are sojourners. Now, he, this phrase, pass the time of your, your sojourning here in fear, that is, pass the time in your temporary residence here on earth in the fear of the Lord, or if you will, in the reverent, uh, loving devotion to God. You know, folks, this is not all there is. And praise God that that's true. Because I thank God the closer I get to the coming, the, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord. And, you know, the Lord may come in my lifetime, may not. And if he doesn't come in my lifetime and I go through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord will be with me, but then I'll go on, if you will, to a better place, amen. And that my sojourning here, your sojourning here, will be over. Look with me to Genesis 47. Genesis 47 tonight. <clears throat> this is a theme that even the saints of old understood, and we need to remember ourselves in Genesis 47 and uh, verses 8 and 9. This is when uh, Israel has, has come into the land of Egypt because of Joseph. And verse 8, and Pharaoh, uh, Genesis 47, 8, And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art you? How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, I am as old as Dan Olson. And my, no, no, he didn't say that. No. He, and Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of thy year, the years of my pilgrimage, are 130 years. Now, wow, that's old. Amen, that's old. Real old. But 130 years, a few and evil have uh, the days of the years of my life been and, have not, and uh, have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. Now he's talking about his pilgrimage, his father's pilgrimage. He's talking about some of the saints of old, some of the, uh, if you will, people that lived before the flood. Some of them lived to be a thousand years old. Adam and Eve lived to be a thousand years old. Talk about a long life. Well, it was necessary if we were going to see the world populated through the home and what have you. You had to have long lives if things were like that were going to happen. And we know that because of some of the videos we've considered on, 
on creationism. But the word pilgrimage is defined as a long journey, uh, particular, a journey particularly a journey to some place deemed sacred or venerable. We know, we know of people that make holy pilgrimages to distant lands and what have you. But for the Christian, it speaks of our long journey of this life to our heavenly home. Look with me to 1 Chronicles 29 and 10. 1 Chronicles 29 and verses 10 through 15. 1 Chronicles 29 and verses 10 through 15. David, wherefore David, 1 Chronicles 29 and 10. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly? And they, they were taking up an offering, if you will, for the building of the temple. Now the Lord didn't allow David to build it, but they were preparing for the material and the monies for the building of the temple, which got built during Solomon's reign. But he says here, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able to so willingly offer, so willingly offer so willingly after this sort. For all the all things come of thee and of thine own uh, have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding. David himself spoke of himself as being uh, if you will, a sojourner, even as those his, his uh, fathers before him. And let me say this, we were not, uh, <clears throat> because of the fall, we, are not, we have not been created to live on this earth forever. There may have been a time in the, in the mind of God that if man were to have lived without sin, we might have lived on this earth. In the Garden of Eden, we might have lived in pleasure without all the problems and sorrow of sin, but because of the fall, because of sin, one day God will destroy all this and will create a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And what a blessing it will be one day to be in that kingdom, to be in that heavenly kingdom. And you know what, folks? The life we live now is important to all of us. It's important that we serve God in it. But you know something? This is not all there is. And if for some reason we pass off, you know, I've thought about it myself. You know, I could die of a heart attack sometime. I mean, my doctor says, look, hey, you know, if you don't do something about your weight, fat boy, you're going to, you could have a heart attack or a stroke. And I keep saying, I'm not a fat boy. What are you talking about? And the, the point is, is, you know, any one of us could be in an accident. We could step off the, the porch, break your neck, whatever. This is not all there is. And thank God this is not all there is. Amen. You know, we'll, we'll serve sometimes, we'll labor, we'll even get tired in the labor and the service of the Lord. And you know what, folks, there is a rest for the people of God. Now we can rest in Christ, our souls are redeemed. You know, folks, we're going to heaven. We can rest in that truth, but one day we'll be there, amen? And all of this will be gone. If you will, a sojourner is a temporary resident. 
a stranger, a traveler who dwells in a place for a time. And folks, we're only dwelling in this place for a time. Look at me to Psalm 39 and 12. Psalm 39 and 12. Now, when you're young, the last thing you want to do is, is think about dying and thinking about the future. But, you know, uh, as a young person, maybe a younger person, uh, we're looking forward to the rapture of the saints or the redemption of the body, as the Bible calls it. It's the next thing on the prophetic calendar. And, folks, we're seeing things building up toward that. So some of you may never taste of death. You'll be one of those that they're gone. The trumpet sounds, you're gone. And uh, I know Brother Silcox used to say he was going to drop his shoes over this place or that. And, boy, he had big shoes. But, uh, I mean, you know, all the problems, all the issues, the things we deal with, uh, we'll leave behind. We're just sojourners. In Psalm 39 and 12, Psalm 39 and uh, verse 12, <clears throat> here the psalmist says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at uh, my tears, for I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner as all, all my fathers were. Again, a sojourner, someone who is only here for a time in John 14. John 14 and verse 1, John 14 and 1. I don't believe there will be any backaches in heaven. Amen. John 14 and 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in, my, in, my, in me. And you know, folks, he's saying, well, let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because they were troubled. The Lord had taught them many things. He had taught them that he was going to go and suffer on the cross of Calvary. They were struggling with the fact that he was going to go away and they were going to be left behind. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there uh, <clears throat> ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith to him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? <clears throat> and Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But he says, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I mean, what a, bl a blessing that heaven will not be so full that there's not a place in heaven for you if you're saved. Amen. Talks about many mansions. Now, you know, I appreciate the place I live in. I appreciate my home. I appreciate my wife. But folks, man, when we get to heaven, it's going to heaven, you know, what we've had will pale in comparison to what we then have. Amen. And I know that uh, Lane is just, you know, he, he would be sad to give up that plush trailer that they're living in and all the, all the blessings that, uh, of all the fancy. He say fancy. <clears throat> well, you know what? <clears throat> Heaven's not going to be that way. Amen. It's not going to be a trailer. You're not going to have, you know what? No trailer courts in heaven. Amen. <laughs> no trailer courts in heaven. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. <clears throat> Isn't that profound? No trailer courts in heaven. You can go and tell your friends, pastor said there's no trailer court. If you know someone that lives in, in a trailer, tell them that. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, look at verses 20 and 21. Here Paul, writing the church of Philippi, says this, For our conversation is in heaven. The word conversation is our citizenship. <clears throat> he says, uh, 
is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to, to subdue all things unto himself. You know, he talks about the vile body. You know, the older I get, the less I like mirrors. And I try to avoid them because I look in the mirror, like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, do I want to look there? Do I want to go there? And there are things we see in the mirror we don't like. Well, you know, one of these days we're going to get to heaven. I don't know if there will be mirrors in heaven. But we won't be what we are. We'll have a glorious body. We, you know what? We'll be so good. Amen. We will look so good. Amen. Will we all be handsome and wonderful? I sure hope so. Amen. I sure hope so. <laughs> if you will, talks about conversation being our citizenship. Look at Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. And just in case you don't feel like you're handsome or beautiful now, maybe we'll all be the beautiful people in heaven. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 13. The Bible says here, Hebrews 11 and 13, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Folks, a better country in heavenly. Now, you know, it is a blessing yet still to be an American in this life. And yet there's something so much better to look forward to and that is in heavenly country, heaven itself. And, you know, we're to pass this time of our sojourning here. We're here for a time in fear, if you will, not in fear of what's going to happen, but if you will, in the fear of the Lord. Look with me to Proverbs 1 and 7. Proverbs 1 and 7. <clears throat> Proverbs 1 and 7. Here the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord, again, is, is that uh, deep reverential love and respect and devotion for the Lord. It's not a cringing fear. It's not that we're afraid of God. You know, if we're not careful, sometimes preachers, if we're not careful, make, try to make Christians afraid of God. We don't have to fear God. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Now, for the unsaved, there should be a measure of fear knowing uh, that, God, uh, that God will judge them one day for sin. But in spite of even that, there is hope for uh, those who live in sin, those who uh, would uh, repent and believe the gospel. There is hope for them in Jesus Christ. And Proverbs 14 and 16, Proverbs 14 and 16, <clears throat> as we live in this world, as we sojourn here yet, God would have us do so in the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs 14 and 16, a wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. If you will, look with me to Proverbs 28 and 14, Proverbs 28 
and verse 14. Here the Bible says, Happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. And you know, we need to be careful. Hebrews says that, if you look at me at Hebrews chapter 3, look over there quickly. Hebrews chapter 3. Look at verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest uh, there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Uh, that's not the word I'm lo- the passage I'm looking for here. <clears throat> uh, talking about the hardness of your heart. That's not, maybe it's not the passage I'm looking at. Is it verse 13? Okay. But exhort one another daily what it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Thank you. I didn't have it in my notes. I thought I had the right chapter. I did, but missed the verse. You know, sin can harden our hearts. Even the heart of a Christian can become hard, if you will, to the Lord and uh, to doing what's right because of sin. Look with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6, beginning in verse 14. He says here, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial? Let me say this, an unequal yoke for a Christian as an example is marrying an unsaved person. You do that, that's an unequal yoke. You're pulling, you know what, folks? You're, you're heading in two different directions. You're not the same. And you know, folks, you need to, you need to marry in your faith, in the, the same kind of church, amen, if you will, the same faith. You know, you, you could find an evangelical a person who is genuinely saved but going to an evangelical church, but you're an independent Baptist. You two get married, you know what you're going to find? Struggles and problems. Because often the evangelicals are not on the same page as the independent Baptists are. And it will cause trouble for you in your home. And it can be things like that. It could be in business. To, to go into business as a Christian with an unsaved person is an unequal yoke. You may not have the same goals. You don't have the same spirit, the same heart. Be careful of those kinds of things. For what, and he says, And what concordeth Christ with Belial, verse 15? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Chapter 7, verse 1, having therefore these precious promises. What precious promises? What he's talked about before. <clears throat> Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, if you will. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, the time of our sojourning, we need to pass in the fear of the Lord, living for God, loving the Lord, and serving Him. In Hebrews 12 and 28, Hebrews 12 and 28, wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, 
Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. And then 1 Peter 2.11, 1 Peter 2.11 and 12. 1 Peter 2, verses 11 and 12. Peter here exhorts, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, as we've been talking about, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation or manner of life honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. We as strangers need to pass the time of our sojourning, our pilgrimage in fear, not in fear of God in the sense of uh, being afraid of God, but rather in devotion to the Lord in our service for him. And then we have a couple things to talk about next week. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com. Thank you.